What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to another edition of Turn Out a Punk Footnotes. I am one of your hosts, Damien Abraham, and your other host, as always, is my friend and your friend too, Chris O'Toole. Chris, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> good, Dame. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm back from my trip to Los Angeles. Uh, yes. It was very stressful organizing a live podcast without you. I need you in my <laughs> life. I miss you, Chris. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, um, there's pretty much nowhere I would have rather been than uh, the West Coast, certainly. But I'll even just say Los Angeles, why not, uh, as I, opposed to here in February. <laughs> I'm going to say it's warmer in Toronto today than it was most of the time I was there. Really? Yeah, I don't know where it's like uh, for you today, but like here, to, I was like walking yeah, around. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It's been nice the last couple of days. I just mean in general, like atypically February where we are for listeners who aren't aware of our geography in the southern Ontario by the lakes tends to be pretty awful in the winter. Um, so I. Yeah, pretty cold in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually jacket. I'm usually California dreaming this time of year is what I'm trying to say. So that's all. Yeah. You know, I wish uh, I wish I was uh, in the California dream as opposed to the California reality, which was. <laughs> Pretty chilly this time of year, but uh, I had a great time. Thank you to Madison, of course, from the amazing band Fury for bringing me out there. And Suburban Fight was a raging success, Chris. Like, I'm telling you, <clears throat> to see uh, Matt Cross enter to Systems Overload and to see Brody <laughs> come out to Hatebreed and then to see them battle it out just to decide. You know, who really uh, won that battle of the split? And in the end, Matt Cross, and I guess by proxy integrity, won. <laughs> and he crowds nice. to a systems overload. Chris, I will also have you know that there was the majority of the wrestlers on that card that day were straight edge, identified as straight edge. Nice. Yep. Why is that? Why does that pertain to me well, <laughs> specifically? They're, they're, your, they're your friends. If they, I, if they, I hope that if you're in a place with a bunch of people that identify as stoners, you tell me. So Fair enough, but I just mean it's just funny. Like I, I appreciate that. I just find it. Well, amusing, I'm just saying how all. many how many skateboarders in 2018? If we got a room full of skateboarders, would identify as straight edge? <laughs> you know, I have saying. no idea. I don't know anything about skateboarding in 2018. But. Well, I'm just saying this is more more proof of my theory that yes. well, wrestling is the most punk adjacent physical activity. <laughs> well, this is what your campaign was. This is really what the weekend was about. Ultimately, ultimately, was, and, was and I had I had like uh, I did a live podcast, um, which, as I said, is a little stressful without you, Chris. But I did have a lot of people come on. And I think I laid it a pretty strong case for the punk wrestling um, connection. <laughs> I don't think you you're you have a very strong case because you you keep unearthing things that help your cause. Yes, we're not hearing from the other side. We haven't well, heard from I, the other well, side. It, since. <laughs> people on the other side chirp up. 
If you're like in <laughs> some other type of physical activity and there's a lot of punk people involved, get in touch. We want to interview them. Where do they email us, Chris, to, to give us these hot tips? Sure. The email here to reach us is turnedoutapunkfootnotes at gmail.com. So, yeah, you can send us those hot tips about tiddlywink players or rollerbladers or what have you that happen to also be singers in hardcore bands or, you know, <laughs> traveling the world trying to see hardcore bands in different places. Because that's what I'm bringing with wrestling, Chris. That's the kind of commitment I'm bringing <laughs> <Yes>. with wrestling. <laughs> what I'm saying is we haven't – or you haven't more more particularly. Uh, I don't think you've had a skateboarder on in a minute in terms of like someone that's representative of skateboarding presently. So this is oh, what I, I mean. Will, I, will I don't gladly – if someone gets in touch with like a skateboarder who's going right now and someone's like, yo, that guy is definitely into punk, um, I would love to have them on. <laughs> and I've had people that are skateboarding. Like you know, a lot of people get into punk through skateboarding. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not saying like that is the very much the case. Even this week's was an example of that. Yes, but, yes. Um, but I just mean like to uh, test the water of what's presently going on in like on the cutting edge of these physical activity cultures, so to speak. I don't know. <laughs> I can't speak for them. <laughs> but I'm amused that your, uh, your wrestling one continues to pay off for you. It keeps going, Chris. It keeps going. There was a lot of people there. That night, that identified as wrestling fans and and punk fans, not mutually exclusive. Yes, no, not mutually exclusive. No, they're they're together, bonded forever. Um, <laughs> nice. I had the I had the twin I had the twin kings of punk wrestling on the live podcast, Robbie Brookside and Lars Fredrickson. <laughs> that is such a strange pairing. Like it isn't actually a strange pairing, but it is just. When you say it back-to-back, back, it sounds very amusing to me. But if you sat those two in a room, they could probably have a very great conversation. I was trying to arrange that. There was like Lars was in Florida with his family on a family vacation. And Robbie Brookside was you know, working down there. And I tried to make it happen. Like I tried to make that meetup happen, but they were just you know, too far away from each other in Florida. <laughs> that's too bad i think like hopefully that'll like what i i'm just hoping if anything that you can continue to get people who just encounter robbie brookside and then they come back with the tales or he can come back to you with the tales yeah so i think it's it's amusing because that one, one is still up. the one we got one coming up in a couple of weeks on the podcast uh, a, nice. a tale of meeting robbie brookside from someone who isn't even a wrestling fan Wow! Yeah, that is impressive. I think the most. So, how did they know who he was for, for through here? Uh, no, they were introduced to him through a, a wrestler that was a fan of the band. Ah, I see. Okay, it's a Fair big enough. reveal for wrestling fans that this person's a punk too. Like, I was shocked about this one. This is one that I did not know. <laughs> okay, well, I anticipate this story. Yeah, it's coming up in a couple weeks. There's like, I'm, I'm. You know what, Chris? I'm not. Right now, I think is we're sitting on the strongest stack of guests we've ever sat on for the show. Well, you've mentioned a few to me, and I'm I'm very interested to hear them. And I do think uh, I think Tristan is doing a great job, as are you. So yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not surprised to hear these things. Well, I got to say, also it's, Brian uh, and Kim too, because they were the ones that got these sure. two most recent ones. Like next week, Michael Ian Black. I know it's crazy. Like I, whoever deserves, like I, your brother was just the first that comes to mind. Yeah, of course. But anybody, of course, that helps, you know, mm-hmm. 
helps this uh, helps this train to move, then so be it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 you know next week it's it's this week too. Like it's I'm I'm really uh, I don't know. Like I'm really excited about this podcast again. Like I went through a period where I was kind of like, oh gosh, you know, I mean, I'm like a <laughs> panic trying to put together episodes. You know, I didn't get to really enjoy it, but like now that I'm sitting on a bunch, I'm like having fun again. I'm like, ah. Oh. I don't. I don't feel as panicked trying to like nail down guests and stuff. Well, I think you were spread a little thin for a minute too, spread so a that thin. probably didn't help. Yeah, it's great yeah, to be so... underemployed again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but uh, no, it's not good if at you all. Say I need so, a job. sure. <laughs> I need a job. Uh, no, this is fine right now. This podcast is uh, is a lot. It's it's chugging along, chugging along. Well. My point was simply that if you have the time to actually, in the moment, enjoy it is is a good thing. That's what I'm trying to oh, say. Absolutely, to you. absolutely. And next Circumstances week, aside, that. next week there is pure joy, pure joy at uh, <laughs> at a connection that's revealed next week with Michael Ian Black. Nice. You've you've uh, you revealed it a bit this week on the actual episode. So I did. I feel like there's a bit out there, but yeah. It's out there. It's out there. It's an Easter egg. But yeah, no, I you hear me as I get excited when I hear it for the first time from him next week on the show. <laughs> oh, um, I can imagine. Um, but yeah, let's but let's get on to uh, anything else, Chris. How you, how was your week? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing's up. Nothing's up with me. I can't think of anything offhand. Buy any records uh, lately? Any records lately? Oh, yeah, probably. I'm just trying to think of things that are in the vein of what we discuss. Yeah, I got a few things, actually, from uh, – oh, got a few. got one thing. I think when we last spoke, I got a, a version of Pajama Party, an original version of Pajama Party by Poison Idea, mm-hmm. which I'm psyched on, which for listeners who are record collectors, this is speaks to you specifically – let alone Poison Idea record collectors. Of course, Pajama Party, not the most sought-after Poison Idea record by any means. But the gatefold on that, like, do you have that? I'm assuming you do, but no, do you no. have it? No. Okay, the the gatefold is so amazing on it. It's got them in, like, I believe a top-down muscle car. And it's, like, this huge oh. gatefold photo. And it's them on, like, I want to say, again, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I feel like it's... Like in one of these like scenic Oregon like like uh, whatever like picturesque things with them in this muscle car, it's incredible. Um, I so I got that, that photo. <coughs> it's been in like it's been used, I think, in in a few of their like different things. Maybe? I believe. Yeah, it could be, like but uh, it's color, a great. I think. Yeah, the one in the the one in the actual original record is in color, but what what I love about it is it's like a gatefold, so it's huge. Yeah. It's just great. Um, but I got the second Swizz single from a buddy, mutual friend, Big Rick. Oh, Shout yeah. out. Shout out, Big Rick. Um, he was just getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And like, I was what is, like, yeah, what's it, hardcore, what is it? Sold out Hardcore Fly? What's his uh, Instagram thing? Oh, it's going to kill. Hold on. I'll look it up right now. Like if I had the internet, I would look it up right now. But let's just see. Is it um, I think it's like. No, I think it's not sold out for sure. It's like hardcore flyers or something. Yeah, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's a good Instagram. I, s- I see a lot. Oh, of cool I think stuff. it's hard. I think it's HC Punk Flyers. There That's we go. It. That's it. I, uh, HC Punk 
flyers on Instagram. I send that around. Anyway, so send some flyers with like that around. Every time once in a while I'll see something on there and I'll be like, oh, gotta send that to that person. Yeah, it's it's like he does post a lot of really good stuff on there actually, and I always forget that it's uh I don't know if it's just him, but there's a few people we know I believe that are responsible for doing that. Um and what else? I got the O level, I guess it's an official reissue. Mm-hmm. The Mal the Malcolm EP. The one that's like that totally was the other week. put out, I think. Uh, I don't know. I have it in front of me. I don't believe it's Total Punk, but I can't remember. Okay. Breakout Records. Okay. I don't know who that is, but it's. I think it's actually an official reissue, but I'm not sure. I think it is too. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I'm trying to think of LPs. I feel like there is something, but uh, nothing in the punk vein. I don't believe no. But yeah, I picked up some shit in LA. I got the. Yeah. Uh, my friend Caesar gave me a negative approach bootleg of uh, Pressure. Thank you so much for that, Whoa. Caesar. I think it's the same. Nice. I think it's the same songs that are on that other bootleg uh, from like Germany. Remember that? It, like it's a very similar kind of cover to the one that came up from Germany. That's got kind of like a stripe motif to well, it. I'm going to look it up on the resource right now because it doesn't ring a bell. But I will look it up as we are known to do. As we are known to do. Uh, I wonder if like collecting That's... bootlegs is going to become like the next thing, or if it already <laughs> is. You know, I think it's always been a thing. If you're in a jam bands, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, definitely but, uh... live sides. <laughs> <laughs> which one eats this case? So, what's the record? Oh, can't tell. Well, no, I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh, it's on. Uh, have you gone to the unofficial tab? Oh no, let's okay. do that. You got to go to the unofficial tab. I will say again, I think I've said this before, but you're really good at the resource because I never even look at these. Because I spent a little bit of time on this resource. (laughs) So which one are you talking about here? Someone's got a negative approach test press for sale for five grand. Whoa. Total recall the bootleg of it, you're saying? Or the which one are you talking about? No, it's called pressure, the bootleg. Oh, the bootleg is pressure. I don't see it on here. Oh, no, there we go. Yeah, Yeah, it's on compilations. Recollect records. Yeah. But I think it's the same as live. No, maybe it's not. Live your uh, life for you. Live your life for you. Sorry, live your life for you. Live your life for you. <laughs> uh, so what? This is what you have on. though. You got the pressure one. I got pressure. Yeah. Nice. My friend Caesar. Pressure gave it looks. Me. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it's a good look record. It looks like the other ones. See, live your life for you, like the uh, the uh, bootleg live record. Yeah. I just want to shout out that Recollect just totally like lifts the um, the SSD X in the in the whatever in their logo, which is kind of sick. Um, so, what was the one you want me to look at now to compare it? Live uh, the, your life for you. Yeah, it yeah. does look like that. Yeah, yeah, same photo. Gee, uh, this one looks even better. Yeah, right. It does. Yeah, it's a pretty sick looking bootleg. I also have the "You Die Now" bootleg on Max Hate. Um, which has some cool, cool songs on it. Terrible, terrible sound quality. Not a great cover, too. <laughs> the cover is amazing. <laughs> I don't. I've never seen this weirdly enough, but it's, I'm impressed. I got it full blast Max back eight. in the day. Wow. Yeah, this is one of those things that you would come across in the early, in, at least for me, in like a formative year, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that record doesn't look too sick. I'm not going to buy that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then later, I actually funny like funnily enough, 
uh, the first thing I ever bought by them, by negative approach, that is, was that touch and go, uh, what is it called? Total Recall. Yeah. And uh, it looks like on CD way back when. I didn't get it in 92, but I probably got it, I don't know, shortly thereafter. And I still hate how it looks. But it's such a weird, like the back of it looks cool, but that cover oh, is always so bothering me. Yeah, it's so poorly done. I don't I don't understand what happened with kind of the CD reissues of this stuff. But um It was like in the 90s they were going for terrible years. art for stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean like in theory it should be cool because if you describe it it's like ah uh, from it looks like a video still and it's like trailing off, but it just doesn't to me it's not really representative yeah. of what what that band is or whatever. It looks like until like you a, hear it and you're like okay, it's sick. It looks like a rave bootleg. Well, like exactly. Like the point is, if you look at compared to like, and again, this was done whatever over ten years later. But if you look at like the ready to fight, whatever bootleg, which not bootleg, whatever the official, which is essentially that plus other stuff, mm-hmm. it looks amazing. It's like that's what this should have looked like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know what went wrong there, but um, anyway, yeah, great band, of course. Negative approach. We don't even need to pontificate about negative approach, mm-hmm. really. You you actually have a test, don't you, of that? Of the seven inch, yeah. Yes, I do, Chris. Ooh, yes, big heavy hitter. It's well, my, uh, I my, can't compare, but i i have uh, I have Fair Warning Volume One, the DVD, yes. which includes the Misfits footage, which got banned, later, right? pulled off the market. That got banned. Yeah. So, by no means is that nearly as cool as your test press. <laughs> but uh, the, the test press I just was like, say I'm also cool. The test press was definitely like. One of the most ridiculous acquisitions I've ever made in my life. Yeah, um, but you know what? You can't. You'll never. I don't know. I think it's great. I think yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm, I'm de- no regrets. No regrets. Power move. It's crazy how like the Fair Warning DVD has never been sold on Discogs. It's true. Which is no, uh, it has the I'm second one. Get it here, yeah. Oh no, not two, but one. One it, has. Uh, one has. On it. But second one hasn't. Yeah, I don't have this one. Is it the same? Is there any different? Yeah, or Fair more Warning's shows totally different shows. Yeah. Because the first one's not bad, and the Misfits footage is even still, like, it's funny to me that that was a whole, well, I don't oh, know what the background on why that is, like, was such a controversy, but... I think it's a um, certain member of a certain band. That yeah, maybe. I just think, like, even... But to me, it's just like it's so innocuous. It's like not even long. It's not really focal to the to the whatever the DVD. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. I do have an OG of the uh, the actual just seven inch seven inch though, which I I covet very highly. Do you have a first so press? I, I never had. I, I only have a second press. I want to get a first press. Then. Ooh, I actually have one up to you on that one. Yes, I do have a first yeah, press. I don't have a first press of that. I just have the test press and the second press. Uh, yeah, the test just the, the rejected, test press. Uh, oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. <laughs> well, it's also the test press of the rejected mix. Yeah, but that that's sick, though, yeah. Which, I like the rejected have you mix. Ever, it sounds super f- hot. Have you played them, like, side by side? No, I don't yeah. know what, like, what's the... And so what what's the difference? Um, It sounds like Negative Approach had come from Finland. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's like that a, dramatically different. It's just like a raging, like it's just like the mastering makes it sound super raw and super tinny, and that record sounds okay. perfect, right? So it's yeah. not better by any stretch of the imagination, but it definitely sounds like weirdly like Scandinavian to me. 
or or maybe okay. even Italian, like in its like how raw it is. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Weird. Okay. You know, definitely the most ridiculous purchase of my life. But I remember reading about that when I was a little kid and wanting yeah. it so badly. So when the opportunity presented itself, I, like a fool, jumped. <laughs> Power move. It never yeah. ends. I did get some other records when I was out in California. Yeah, what did you get? This weekend. I got, I uh, went to uh, Amoeba, which. I know Ooh. there's like so many stores in LA, but like Amoeba was right around the house from Mad, right yeah. around the corner from Madison's place. So yeah. I popped in there and um, just picked up some random singles. Uh, Chris, I got some of your favorites. I've got, of course, Flattis. <laughs> what, what is that? Why is that not my favorite? What are you talking no, about? No, I know. I'm just making that up. It's some random ass New Jersey oh. <laughs> band. Uh, okay. It, there's no. I don't know anything about it. I don't feel either way. I don't know Flattis. Go on. It's just got a terrible cover, so that's why I bought it. It's not okay. Nothing of note. Um, and then I got uh, uh, the Vandals, where they do a bunch of Ramones covers. Nice. Yep. Well, Flattis had a bunch of records. Like Flattis. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Yeah, like, Are we resourcing that one? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the resource right now. This is their second seven inch. Um, and then I got uh, the Bouncing Souls Weston split on red vinyl. And the Unreal. <laughs> okay, you didn't inch. have that already. No. I, I, not on red. <laughs> <laughs> not on red. Not on red. And you said the unwritten law first seven inch. Yeah, the first seven inch unwritten law photo, Chris. Which is called Blur? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It wow. Was, it was, you know, I'm not, not all, they're not all, you know, winter weekends. Not all hits. <laughs> can all, can all be, it can't be all Massacre 68 and uh, Typhus Flexies. <laughs> <laughs> a red eye records from 93 wow you did it uh i have to say this record looks horrendous uh yeah. but very of the era although the back of the record doesn't look bad the front is terrible and the front is the nightmare that i continue to have aesthetically about the 90s in my brain is what the cover of this looks like <laughs> uh not to mention like blur with two r's like come on what are you doing yeah um but you know, so be it. I love that you went went for the the pop punk though. Well, in the Western split, yeah, like it was all it was all there and it was all for sale. And I was like, "Damn, I gotta <laughs> get you know." <laughs> uh, like when you buy any of this stuff now, do people like kind of a, 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 not that they would make fun of it, but do, are they like blown away that you're buying some of this stuff ever? No, I don't think so. I don't think people you know would know me from anyone at the store. Just like think that's kind of weird, probably that an adult male. Well, I know it's like who else would be buying this? Stuff? <laughs> this is the stuff that came out when I was a kid. Yeah, you know. Um, I also did get uh, a couple LPs as well from bands that I saw. You know, it was a rare experience yeah. for me to go out and see shows. Uh, I got to see uh, Summerland and Eternal Champion play, and it was incredible. Nice. Got to see um, Mutual Friends, DFJ. And uh, Tarpy from Iron Age and now Eternal nice. Champion. Uh, picked up that LP, uh, the Eternal Champion LP. Incredible. That was an incredible show. Nice. I saw, again, I saw, I don't know if it was with via you or someone else, but I saw little uh, sprinklings of live footage from various things that you were sort of at or near. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was posting some stuff. I was on the social media Throwing up some flicks, throwing up some vids, Chris. 
That's what I, <laughs> nice. That's what you got to do, you know. I also got the uh, Fury Paramount LP, which is actually a, a great record that I uh, have been getting into lately, and so now I have it on vinyl. And then uh, the new Turnstile record. So I went to that release party. And, uh, nice. Yeah, so it was like a, a fun weekend. I felt, I felt like, wow, this is what it's like to be uh, involved and going around and doing stuff again, as opposed to now where I'm just dadding all the time, which is awesome too. <laughs> no, no diss on dadding. Of course, of course. Uh, no, but I think it's it's interesting that you were there for that event, of course, which you were brought for. But I think it was. Uh, <clears throat> fitting that you you got to hit up a bunch of other stuff too. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Yeah, no, I got to hit up a bunch of things. Got to have some fun, and but now, Chris, I'm back in your waiting arms. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what was your uh, what was I guess the highlight of the weekend for you? I guess I should ask that question. Oh, I'm trying to think what the highlight of the whole weekend was for me. I, I hung out with uh, a friend of mine, Abdullah Saeed, who hosts Bong Appetit. Yeah, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that, that was probably not a fun time for you, Chris, but it was definitely a fun time for me. <laughs> for reasons that we could all assume why you it would be very fun for you? Uh, or yeah, just, it was just like fun hanging out. But yeah, no, definitely there was some, you know, things that would be fun for me that aren't fun for you that were going on. <laughs> smoking weed. That's just it. Not Nothing else. Right. Just smoking weed. But uh, also he lives with that dude from uh, the movie Bring It On, Steve. Love interest from the movie Bring It On. The movie Bring It... No way. The punk dude? Is he a punk dude in that movie? I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. I don't think he's a punk dude IRL. Like, it's not like... No, God, no. It, even in the movie, it's really embarrassing. But, it, like, pretty sure he's, like, wearing class shirts and he's, like... Oh, yeah. There's a scene where he's, like, rocking out. That's super funny. I love that you didn't clue into that. No, I did not clue <laughs> like, into that. Uh, he, he hung out, too. Like, he was a nice guy. But, nice. Yeah, but I did not. I should have hit him on that punk tip. <laughs> you definitely should have. Should Abdullah have is though. Sh- a, what in the punk? Yeah, like he was. He played in a band. He played in a Muslim punk band, or like a band that got kind of like identified and then chose to identify as a Muslim punk band. He goes into it all because I recorded a podcast with him. Nice. So that's gonna be coming well, up. I'm anticipating. Yeah, but. Uh, I guess that's it. We should dive in because, Chris, we had a time limit tonight and we're already kind of yeah. <laughs> well over the time limit. Chris and I are both exhausted. Uh, we're going to break the evergreen notion of this podcast right now for you. It's very late for Chris and I right now when we're recording. So we're going to try and keep this brief, as brief <laughs> as sure. as my constant verbal diarrhea can allow. <laughs> All right. So, where do you want to uh, where do you want to begin? Do you want to get to some of the the back of the house communications, or do you want to dive into the episode, or what? What? Uh, well, where I do think we go? I think we should use the back of the house communications as the guide to dive into the episode. Fair enough. Um, okay. You know, no point in not. Um, we of course have two uh, amazing regular contributors, the Daves, David Up and Dave Martin. Um, and these two uh, contributors will listen to the podcast and send in conversation points. They also come on the podcast from time to time as well. Yes, absolutely. Lovely, lovely folks, those Daves. Yes, very much so. So they have, and they have not failed us this week. They have come through in a big way and brought some <laughs> uh, some cool talking points. So uh, let's uh, dive into the first part of this, I guess. 
Sure. I just have the email here. So do you want to take one or you want me to bring one Why'd up? You go what, first? what would you like to? So this one is just more of a funny one because uh, when it was mentioned, this did not come to my brain in the interview when I was listening to it. But uh, David Up brings it up, which was the Soy Not Oi, the cookbook, yes. is what he believes Shaka is referring to in the interview. Um, of course, this was like Weirdly enough, I've never owned this uh, or any version of it. I don't really know. Because, no, that was a legit book, right? That one yeah. isn't like one of these zini style things. That one's like a legit book. It might have started um, as a zini either- thing, and then by the time you and me were kind of around it a, a couple years later, it might have been a legit okay. book. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. But either way, I, I believe I've seen, like in stores or at yep. uh, atypical friends' houses. Uh, especially people that lived through the 90s in punk and hardcore, uh, seeing the book. But yeah, I've never, oddly enough, I've never owned it, uh, or I'm not much of a cook either, to be honest, so it's uh, not really my bag. But uh, had you ever, I'm just curious because that's just a funny thing, like have you ever owned that? I know that, but I owned Died for a New America. Oh, which is propaganda references. Yeah, that's the other uh, That's the other big vegan book. And I think that's the thing, it's like... Uh, this was the vegan book, I think, for the generation before. And I remember seeing it too, like who's Emma gotcha. they have it and like you know, like friends would have it, but I think for me it was like definitely anything propaganda referenced. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think I just thought I it painted a funny mental picture when Dave David up brought up the talking point because um you and I certainly you more than I would argue, but um just living through, <laughs> again, the 90s, very pervasive that you would encounter uh, something related to this. And I've been a vegetarian for a long while, so, um, you know, of course, it's in my wheelhouse. But weirdly enough, I've never owned that or any real, any one of these, like, staple cookbooks. I've never been, I never, I never had one. I've been staring at my bookshelf right now just to make sure there's nothing that's slipping through the cracks that I can see. And no, it's all music and like other related things. But anyway, I just thought it was a funny talking point. I think I still probably have a vegan cookbook or two downstairs, but I don't know which ones. Um, But like, you know. I think they're great. I probably should have one. I just have never had one. (laughs) Well, you do have one. It's called the Internet. Well, now, yes, of course. Now you don't need it, Chris. You just go on there and look up anything. It's crazy. Um, Yeah. Lauren's always like, why don't you look at the cookbooks? I'm like, because they're heavy and they're all the way up on that shelf and you can find the same recipe here. <laughs> so that's the argument you would make against all these records in my room right now. Yeah, that's the, uh, <laughs> that's the idea. Like, it's funny how you just change worlds and your, your outlook changes on yeah, that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me though, I just, I, for, for the people listening, um, I hope they got as much of a kick out of, or, or if their mind went straight to that soy nut oil kind of thing, because uh, I don't know, that was just so like loomed so large from like whatever ninety, I don't know for me probably like ninety five to like two thousand. Mm-hmm. That's what my brain was thinking of all the time was that kind of that kind of thing or like zini, um, like just the idea of a zini recipe thing. Period. Like I had not, I'd seen other ones that had been passed around, like kind of, I don't know, regionally or whatever for you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's weird. I, you don't see, I mean, maybe it's also because I'm not as whatever in tune, but 
I don't see that as much, the recipe thing at the DIY stuff, personally. I haven't noticed it as much lately. Yeah, because I think... It's probably because of the internet. Yeah, and the zines are less about information, now more about art. You know, like, or just like an aesthetic. At one point, a zine was like trying to convey information because that was the only way for the information to kind of get out. But now... It's information can get out so many other ways that if it was about just about straight information, there's like a lot more convenient ways to get that stuff out these days. Yeah, totally true. It's just it's it's funny how that is lost in an era, um, for better or worse. But uh, <laughs> uh, it just made me chuckle when Dave brought it up in the in the conversation that of all the the books, so I know Oi was the one that came to his mind. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's very anyway. It's very. Uh, I don't know, like it's definitely uh you know like one of those like you know the anarchist cookbook that the the uh, manufacturing <laughs> consent like there's just certain books that were like on most people's bookshelves in the nineties. Yeah, I would imagine that cookbook a... on your computer, Chris. Oh, I'm not. No. Okay, that would get you. Uh, get you on watch list for sure. This will tell you everything that you need to know. Um, AK Press still carries. A version of Soy Not Oi. There you go. Volume two, presently. It's like so the Bible, it it's gonna be kept in press forever. <laughs> yep. Yep. True. And uh, weirdly enough, giant uh, megacorps also carry it. Wow. Which I'm not going to name. But uh, it's funny how that is. It's funny how times change like that. Yes. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Um, I think I'm going to go for the next point, which is um, how how sick is the idea of going to a show solo? Have you done this? <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it more now than I ever did before. Uh, I did find it fascinating, though, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea of getting into something um, and doing it solo. But I've always rolled – not always, always, but I, I – I would say if I took the the whole of, of like you know whatever shows concerts or whatever that I've gone to I would say the vast majority I've gone alone um and it's largely because when I was in my formative years a lot of my friends stopped being interested in going to see live music or whatever yeah so I would have to and I drove so I would just you know take it upon myself to go um but yeah, it is. It, I think for a lot of people that seems strange when you're younger, and, and certainly like the first shows I ever went to, I didn't go alone, so that I couldn't imagine. I can imagine going to like a New York hardcore show when I was 16 in New York alone. That's yeah. probably not something I've done. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I still do. It's how you know I have to usually travel to do things, so it ends up usually being inconvenient for others for the most part. So I still roll that way. That's that's uh, that's my main thing, but I don't know what uh, did you do. You find your experience to be a, a different than that? No, I've been to a lot of shows solo over my years. Like, um, um, I remember going to a Ben Lee show solo one time. <laughs> wow! At the Rivoli, and uh, you know it's a small venue for anyone obviously not from Toronto. The Rivoli is like yeah. a tiny venue where if you're in the first three rows, like you're looking right. Th- at the performer, they can see you, and yeah. uh, you know he stops. Shout out set. to Nirvana, the band, the show. By the way, go on. Yeah, that that takes <laughs> all takes place at the Rivoli. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the third row or something. Ben Lee's playing, 
he stops and I'm like, play the loft. He's like, what? <laughs> play the loft. And he looks right me, right at me, right dead in the eye. He's like, no. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then like, I'm by myself, right? So I can't turn anyone. I can't like, I have no one for moral support. There's a bunch of people looking at me like you idiot. Well, I've never done that. That's pretty bold. I've never done the the heckle solo. Well, you didn't really heckle. heckle but, you I want to hear him play that song, The Loft, on his No, album. it's true, but but it came <laughs> off to him like a heckle. Yeah, I haven't I really, done that one. If it came off to him like a heckle, man, that guy's got another thing coming. I can well, I don't know. That, his, his response seemed to be that he wasn't impressed, so I don't know why that is. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Solos to a show, I don't, to, me it's not, to me it's not strange, but I don't know. I guess it is. I think like when you're young, it's a little odd, but I, I don't know. I have no, I do all that stuff by myself lately anyway now, but that's yeah. just me, I suppose. Yeah, I went to a show solo this summer in Japan when I went to see uh, Deathside. Um, you went to those alone, or well, no, you went to? I went on. to Gods with Dave Christ. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, who I just met the night before. But yeah, and the, but the Deathside show I went by myself, and then I met Daisuke Sasaki there. So, but like you know, he he's he's, he's he didn't really want to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wanted. He was like, "Can I buy you a beer?" And I'm like, "No, it's okay. I don't drink." But here, I'll let me give you my beer. And then I didn't see him till the end of the show when we we walked to the subway together. <laughs> it was definitely a solo I think show like in an experience a, in a. In another country, I think it would be a different scenario too, especially one where predominant language is not something I speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, going solo—that's pretty courageous too. I, I don't know if I could. Well, I don't even know if I could pull off making it <laughs> wherever well, I need to go. If it's Deathside, uh, you gotta go. Oh, of course. Yeah, I love that. I love Deathside. I love any of that you did there. Like as far as those whatever legendary groups, of course I'd make an effort. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's a funny. It's funny to think about. Just the idea of experiencing whatever this, you know, culture, so to speak, like uh, solo. But I don't know. I think a lot more people do that than than a lot of people imagine. I think I think it just so happens that people are fortunate enough to grow up in a place or with friends where they do have a group, you know, in their formative years anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you start to get old enough. You, Trust me, everyone fades away eventually. <laughs> so if you really care, then you'll you'll still make an effort, and largely you'll do it. And uh, wonder why you're obsessed with this thing that you're still obsessed with in old age or older age, rather. Jeez, Chris, but those so are my thoughts on. It. I'm not trying to be downer on. No, I just it's it's I like music, so it doesn't matter to me what it is. I'll go experience it. I've I've I realize that's my lot in life now. So you know it's. For a lot of people, they get to I think a point where they just kind of hang it up. But I just I don't know. I can't for whatever reason. And this is just one of those one of the facets of that. Wow, man. Okay, where do we go from there? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be a downer. I'm more than happy and content about it, to be honest. Okay, well that's good. Taxi driver. <laughs> oh. No, I'm not that. I'm not there. No, not not there with that. No. Uh, where do you want to go? Uh, where do you want to go from there? Speaking of which. Well, I guess I was thinking on the interview, and the thing I found funny while listening to it is um, now, of course, the group that comes to mind when when Chaka is mentioned is, of course, Burn. But the first uh, thing I ever bought by Orange 9mm 
was Driver Not Included. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a major label record, I think. At least I'm is looking it, it up. I think it's on A&M, right? Or Epic? Or it says East West BMG. Okay. So it came out in 95. That was all like a Sigurdol, up... right? Sigurdol was on that too. Yeah, probably. Sounds about right. Um, but uh, I bought this when it came out. And, you know, it was all right. It wasn't like crazy into it, but thought it was kind of neat. Didn't really know anything about the band. But that was my first exposure to anything related to him but again at the time that didn't really factor i just was like oh this what is this yes. and then I eventually i bought the um uh whatchamacallit that first rev whatever i guess it's a 12 inch technically yeah it's not an lp right 12 inch the one that's just self-titled um and again this is like informative years of just like trying to get a feel for like what is coming out on revelation at the time and things of that nature yeah. And so, yeah, those are the first two things I encountered. I definitely recall liking some songs off Driver Not Included, but I haven't listened to it in a very long time. And that Rev record, I don't, none of it jumps out at me. I still have it, but I, I don't, offhand, I can't tell you anything about this record. I've completely forgotten it. But um, do you have any, like, did you get into Orange 9mm first? Do you like yeah, Orange 9mm? What? That was the first band I saw, like one of the first bands I got to see in punk. Like they played that first Warp tour. Um, okay, that's first summer I got into going to shows, so I got to see them on that, and I was I was definitely a fan. Um, I had I had Driver Not Included, and to be honest with you, I was actually looking. I don't know if I've ever gone back and listened to that first self titled twelve inch. Dude, I, I'm going to now because yeah, I'm here. shocked. Literally, I cannot remember. Same. Like it looks kind of cool too, but. I can't – nothing jumps out from memory about it. But uh, I bought it uh, you know, from a local shop here. It was just kind of psyched that they had it. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't really know anything about the band. It was just like, oh, okay, it's on Rev and I've heard of that and I've heard of this band. I had that other thing. But um, but yeah, it's funny. In retrospect, I, I need to listen to it again because I cannot recall a lot of it or any of it really. But um, anyway, yeah. So it's just funny now like when I think of – him i think of burn or yeah. things of that nature but yeah my initial and again unaware completely because i didn't know anything about the members uh was orange nine millimeter of all the groups and i think that's one of these groups that's like i don't know like completely lost to time it seems as far as i can tell yeah because everyone's gone back now and, and burn is the band yeah you know, everyone's like oh burn burn and you know burn's amazing but yeah like i don't know if if I guess they probably will at some point, people will go back and rediscover them because they were popular. They they had a good run. Well, yeah, like I never realized. I thought they only had the one LP or whatever, but it looks like, three, like they have three. Right? Yeah, and they ended in ninety. Well, not, I don't know if ended whatever, but released stuff until about ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize they'd be going that long. I remember them, like I said, in the mid nineties, and then I kind of fell off with them. But um. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Like, I don't, it, I don't even know what compelled me originally to, to buy this, like Driver Not Included. It's not that it's like, I regret it at all, but it's just it's funny because, I don't even know what spoke to me at the time about it. I don't know if I got hip to it, but from somebody, and I just was like, okay, I'll check this out. But uh, yeah, I bought it, and I still, I don't think I have that, but I have that Rev record. Um, it was it had play, yeah, it just, had airplay, right? They had a hit. Like an alternative radio. I don't remember. Like I don't remember. Weirdly enough, of all the stuff, like again, this nothing is jumping out. But 
Yeah, there's a video here that has for a uh, high speed charger. Yeah, it says. yeah that, I think that was the, I remember that song getting like it was on like a CMW comp. It was like yeah, you know, played on CFMY a little bit type thing. Yeah, that could have been it. I just it's funny when I think about it now. And even if because and this is where you might know better than me because I'm I can be bad with band members who are in one thing or another or not. But there is no one. As far as I can tell, there's no one from Orange Nine Millimeter that was also in Quicksand, right? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I feel like maybe it was via the Quicksand connection that somehow, yeah, they would have been like, like not, not member wise, but like whatever, playing the same, you know, whatever, same from the same scene. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's how I got hip to it. I don't really remember. Even maybe reading, I don't know. Maybe someone name dropped him in a Thrasher. I just it's bizarre to me that I still how little I know about this group, but yet I bought those records and <laughs> I still don't really vividly remember a great deal about them. But, um, anyway, yeah, I just think it's funny that I knew of this group before I knew of burn and yet burns the one I obviously always think of now, but, um, and I don't know if there's anybody else like you and I that lived through that, you know, stage of pre-internet, you know, buying your way into finding something and then eventually getting to the, maybe where you wanted to be initially, in terms of like something like burn or whatever, not that orange nine millimeter are horrible or anything, but um, anyway, yeah, yeah just thought wanted, about it. Yeah, so. you wanted you wanted to hear burn, right? Like that's the thing. Well, it's it's like when he says in the interview because I was you have a very funny story. Weirdly enough, he tells it about the idea of he mentions Black Flag and then you pose the question, well, which Black Flag record did you get first? Mm-hmm. And then he. <laughs> lucked out and got damaged mm-hmm. which you know again i'm fine with all black flag to be on well sorry i shouldn't say that i'm fine with all original black flag but um you know obviously if you get something damaged or you hear first four years or whatever then that's you know kind of what people tend to think of yeah. um but but you know if you get because yours was what process of weeding out uh process of weeding out yeah the instrumental ep yeah so that's yeah, so that's a weird starting point, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the idea of, you know, sometimes you don't get exactly what you're sort of looking for, but you know you're sort of in the arena. And in this case, I think like that would be my my analogy for the orange nine millimeter to burn thing. Yeah. Is like I didn't quite get the damage, but I got, you know, I don't know, you know, one of one of the other records that, you know, is is decent enough, but not quite there. You know what I mean? I burned. I mean, orange nine millimeters definitely better than process of weeding out. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to process in a lot, and well, I haven't listened to either in a very long time. <laughs> but um, but I don't know. I remember liking process just fine. Um, but anyway, just that idea of experiencing groups like this in the nineties, like orange nine millimeter, being one of those kind of bizarre things that uh, like I bought when it came out. That that just all came to mind and. Weirdly enough, he didn't like. I mean, obviously, you're going to do, hopefully, do another interview with him because yes, I'm curious probably. for him to tell the story about how that kind of comes together, like what what happens there, how that happened. Anyway, no, I definitely, I'm, I'm very excited to kind of hear about that because I think like that was that was during the signing frenzy that kind of happened post Nirvana. Yeah, totally. Where everyone's getting signed up these these major labels, and you know, for some artists, most artists, it didn't really seem to kind of click. But they had a good run, you know. Like that's the thing about Orange Nine Millimeter. They had some crossover success in a way, and then he also has this kind of like 
legit, you know, untouchable credibility from being in, in burn. Well, and it's kind of funny because I never thought of the idea of, you know, if you take like groups like them quicksand, you even take something like Rage Against the Machine, the idea that you have all of these people involved in these groups that eventually go on to be in like something bigger or something a little different. I never pieced that together in those years because I, you know, was well, one was too young and wasn't uh, in the know enough or whatever. But it's funny now when I think about all that and you think of what stood the not stood the test of time is the wrong word but what became popular enough and stayed popular enough and why some of that was now obviously something like rage against the machine became huge Mm -hmm. but something like quicksand has had a really interesting uh third act in a way you know because those records like for people that liked those records when they came out like myself um i still you know once that manic impression came out or whatever I thought you know that was kind of the end of it, and yet now they have a new record out, like whatever this year, last year, mm-hmm. and still play shows. And okay, a bit of that's the reunion thing, but um, I guess just putting it up against something like Orange Nine Millimeter, I'm always curious as to what people will mine and then will sort of come back for a third act. And it's interesting to me that there seems like there's a bunch of groups in the Orange Nine Millimeter, like sort of category whatever you want to say that that haven't got it and i'm curious if it will come to be that's all yeah like i think it's it's time wise right like we're still in the time where people are everyone's now freaking out about 90s stuff like quicksand and and yeah. burn and stuff like that but i think eventually it'll move on to like later 90s stuff people start freaking out about civ and and uh orange Nine millimeter and all those other bands that happened you know the later period yeah. of Quicksand Records. Well, it was a weird... Uh, what I would say is if you're not someone, that, again, like myself, I was getting into all this stuff just not really, you know, hearing a name drop in an interview or seeing a band t-shirt, so I'm buying things based on that, whatever. <clears throat> it was a strange era to get into some of the records, like especially the Rev era stuff of, of that those years because it was wasn't as cut and dry as like finding youth of today or finding judge or something. It was for me, it was like I was finding stuff. Like I remember another thing that I got in those years was like engine kid. And I remember just it not clicking. Cause I was just thought, well, this is a little off center. It doesn't really, you know, hit me the same way. I don't know, like a seven seconds does or this is like in like whatever early nineties. Um, but it's funny when you look at like what they were releasing in those years, we've had this debate on the victory v rev <laughs> um whatever when we hash that out but it's just i don't know when i think of like journeys of going through music and trying to get into stuff or like you know and again it's not nothing wrong with any of these groups just some just to hit me some didn't but uh it's bizarre that um i can't imagine buying some of the stuff now is what i'm trying to say yet there was years where that's what i did taking gambles all over the map now it's at least I have kind of an idea of what I'm sort of interested in and that's what I go by. But in these years I was gambles just, now though, right? Like there's there's the internet to to allow that now. Yeah, I guess. That that's a lot of it, I suppose. But um I don't know. I don't know what my point was about this stuff. But yeah. Just blathering on about Orange Nine Millimeter, that's all. Just came to mind in the interview. Well it's so funny because like I don't even connect like Orange Nine Millimeter is definitely one of those bands that I saw early on, but I don't even connect him necessarily to that band now. I think of him as like, oh the guy from Burn. 
And then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. there's also a Nornstein Millimeter, this other band that, like, had this, you know, run. And I guess they're, like, very much connected, obviously, through Revelation and obviously through Shaka. But, like, apart from that, like, I, I just don't necessarily associate them together. I agree. Same. Um, I always find it funny when there's something I got into at a certain point in time and that I don't – well, I, because I'm unaware of the membership sometimes – didn't relate it to something that I then heard later that I really liked. That's all. It's just mm-hmm. like a funny chicken and egg scenario, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're like the uh, the nerds that just have to keep on digging. <laughs> yes. You know, just to make sure we can connect yep. all our childhood memories to our present day existences. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's. It. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard. Speaking of burn, by the way, I've never heard that cleanse LP. I'm just looking at the resource here on Equal Vision from 2001. I do not remember that. I remember being sick, actually, when it came out. But it's, I have to I just, it's I don't, years since I, I've heard it. I've never, uh, I don't know. It's funny. that like There's a few things when you look at them up, you're like, yeah, I don't remember that. But I remember that Last Great Sea, whatever, the EP or whatever it is. I remember yeah. that when it came out. Yeah. But, dude, that LP, I don't know why that one is... That one did not hit my radar. It's a cool record. Definitely, I remember when it came out and being like, wow, this is a pretty cool record. Yeah. The 7-inch is, is still the stuff, though, the first one. Yeah, the 7-inch is pretty, pretty spectacular. Um, yeah. And then there's a new record, a brand-new record that's also pretty awesome on Bridge 9 as well. Oh, no, and Death Wish, sorry. The new one's on Death Wish. Well, the one there's one from 2016 on Bridge Nine, but there's another new one. You're saying there's a new LP on Death Wish that was released uh, oh, okay. last year. Nice. Um, I know they came through. It's kind of funny that you you got them. But I remember. I don't know if you're away, but they came through in the summer. I think it was in the summer because uh, I happened to. I just had to work, but I remember debating coming out, like trying to go to that, but I didn't get a chance to go. But um, people seem to to be psyched on it. Oh yeah, he's one of the best frontmen ever, and I think they're, they're like one of those bands that like you know I've watched so many hours of video on YouTube and things like that, but unfortunately never gotten to see him. So. Well, I've never seen any of his bands. Like you saw Orange Nine Millimeter, I never even saw that. Um, you were not that so, first yeah, Warp Tour. I thought you were at the first Warp Tour. No, 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 it never went. But I remember like the lineup was very good. Actually, I don't. I never. Uh, I never went to that one. But what was it? Yeah, Quicksand, that, Orange Nine Millimeter, L Seven. Um, I, I think seaweed played too. Seaweed, no? yeah, and then trigger happy. Oh, sublime maybe also. Uh, yeah. Trigger happy was on the second stage, and so was tilt swinging udders. Vizo, yeah, see swinging udders, amazing. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of that stuff. Like a few of those bands, I'm really psyched on. I, I never got to see, but um, anyway, it's just funny. I'm trying to think of what else uh, to talk about here based on the. The back of the house <laughs> communication. I rate. That's one I don't really know all that well. Dude. It's funny that Dave brings up the. I guess there's another I rate. I don't. I certainly don't know this one. Yeah. But there's like a. I'm guessing a later whatever. I'm guessing 2000s. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, era band called I rate, which is not the one you're referring to. No, the um, one. The one he was referring to in the episode. There actually is a video of a former guest and. Ultimate culture vulture, uh, Anthony Papalardo hit me to this video today, and it's a video of irate playing in Tompkins Square Park. Uh, nice at the same place that, of course, the 
world famous breakdown video is shot. And yeah, what is this? It's like a benefit, the squatters' rights benefit, right? Yeah, the the breakdown one or the I've never seen the other one you're talking about, but the, the breakdown, breakdown one. one I've just seen the video. I can't remember the context of it, but yeah, it's a great video. Well, he's um, sorry, go on. No, I'm just looking up. I'm trying to look up the. So the other irate did not actually release anything. There's not even a bootleg of anything. No, I just think there's this video. Weird, because I'm trying to like compare it. Because the the one I found here says there was a New York New York metal hardcore crossover band mid mid nineties through to mid two thousand. That's the other irate. That's definitely not it. Yeah, but this band, wow, this other band, like no all self release stuff, kind of wild. Um, but yeah, the other irate I'm not familiar with. Uh, I haven't even seen that video. I got to see that. It's awesome. But the way. Irate was the one he's described. That's the Tommy Carroll singing. Tommy Carroll, uh, Jerry Williams, Sergio, and EK. That's insane. Like that lineup seems insane. I don't understand mm-hmm. how. Like they must have no recordings. I guess there's this. Video, how the hell isn't dude, that? And it's sick. Yeah, but, but how hasn't anyone of uh, like membership of that alone seems like that should have come out? That makes me think there's not really any recordings or demos or anything. I think I don't think there's demos. You know, I think it's just this live nuts. video. Yeah, I got to see that. We should have Tristan post that to yeah, the Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you can Facebook. find it on the Live Suburbia blog. Um, nice. LiveSuburbia.com, like from way back in 2012, I think he posted this. Okay. But okay. it's like the guitar part's really crazy. And the vocals are so sick, dude. And then, so what, does it have a year on it? Uh, 88. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, I don't, I've never seen this. I got to check that out. But, uh, I just think it's crazy whenever you have, you know, sort of like those, well, you know, anything related to, to any of those groups in general tends to get mined these days. So there mustn't be, I don't know, demos or something, but it just seems strange also that there is no demo. (laughs) <laughs> like well, of all the things that tend to happen it would be a demo I would think but yeah. who knows maybe there is one out there that just hasn't surfaced yet because it is Jerry Williams and he did record stuff so um, totally and like he said he thought that was it Sergio or Quicksand or whatever also might have had stuff so who knows man that's crazy yeah like hopefully that does see the light day because it is so fucking sick that live video <laughs> and great band name super oh, amazing cool amazing band name amazing band great vibe yeah, cool, cool vibe. Um, yeah. Now, hopefully, something does surface because yeah, I'd love to hear more. Love. To yeah. Hear. Well, any any. Uh, I guess what we should do here is also solicit at this time. Although you already had someone hip you to that video, but um, anybody who has any other things related to that group, or if knows any other things or recording for sure, send it our way at turnedoutapunkfootnotes at gmail dot com or to Damien directly please um and also uh you know if you have any uh if you have any other cool fun facts you want to kick our way but anything else you know, those are the uh, <laughs> of course yes um yes for sure i i guess like because we're going to wrap up now we're going to have a, a nice brief cool episode but chris do you have a final point you want to get to <laughs> uh let's see here um there's a bunch of stuff. I don't know. If you have one, go on it, and I'll try to well, think of it. Here's a, a band a I don't think we've ever talked about on the show before. I don't think it's ever come up, but Rest in Pieces. 
<laughs> yeah, that was one. I was thinking of that, and there was the the other one was the collapse thing. But yeah, rest in pieces for sure. I don't because uh, I always confuse. Rest in pieces is the pre. Am I wrong? Pre sick of it all, right? I, it I, band, I it's Armand who played in you know straight ahead and also sick of it all. But you know, like their first seven inch, I think is eighty six, or maybe it's yeah. Because I always get confused who's in it, but I know. Well, it was related, but that could be it. It says Craig Satari's in it too, huh? I didn't know that. I don't know if he's um, on the first seven inch though. Perhaps not. Yeah, the uh, I don't have that seven inch. Want it? It's incredible looking. No, it's as amazing. Well. That seven inch is fucking awesome. Yeah, I do not have it. Eighty five. Um, that came out. Holy shit! It's nuts. And that even the My Rage, uh, whatever. Well, I guess My Rage is the OG. I don't have that either. But the uh, there's, I don't know if someone bootlegged that or whatever, but even that I can't find. <laughs> like, like the I've been seeing that circulating the last few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. Mm-hmm. Pipe bomb music. I don't know if they officially reissued it or whatever. I think it's official reissue, or if it's a bootleg. But whatever it is, I can't seem to come across this either. I don't own this either. But this has been one of those things I've been looking for. I'm sure, if I looked a little harder, I could get it or whatever online. But. Um, but I remember specifically around the time this came out, or I guess, well, whatever, a year ago, I remember being in Boston at Armageddon thinking I would be able to find it there, and I could not find it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, rather Cambridge, technically, whatever. I don't know the boundaries. I think it's Cambridge. Of, I think it's technically Cambridge, but you know what I mean when I yeah. say that. Um, but yeah, anyway, very cool. That record also looks incredible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, the aesthetic of this group is next level honestly um but yeah i don't own any of the originals sadly but yeah cool records also like some of the best lyrics too like jesus christ might be the most incredible anti-religion song ever on the first seven inch (laughs) again such a sick record do not have it really envious very very sick band wow this is a lot more it's a lot more expensive than i remember this yeah that's i think i'm realizing now with a lot of these records yeah, it's a bummer. But uh, I thought I, I someone had been trying to sell that, or, or I saw it somewhere come up. But yeah, it was a little pricey. But I remember thinking in my head, I almost pulled the trigger on it, like within the last couple of years. But anyway, very cool. Yeah, band's great. Um, kind of again, funny that although under my skin, what is this one? I don't know this either. Do you have that one? The second. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one's super hard. That one's like definitely like, you know, uh, uh, decidedly kind of uh, more produced version of Rest in Pieces, certainly than that seven inch. But there's a couple, yeah. there's a couple heavy cuts on that LP. Yeah, ninety came out in nineteen ninety on Road Racer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know this, don't know this LP. I gotta check that out. Wonder if it sounds. I'm guessing, though, 90, it's probably got a bit of a different vibe. But nonetheless, cool band. Um, sadly, don't. So you say you have that 7-inch? Do you have that LP? Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those. Yes, you have My Rage as well? Yeah. Wow. It's got a My, nice. my, my Rage is a little fucked up, though, unfortunately. I'd love to get a clean copy of it, but it'll it'll do for now. Yeah. Especially Ugh, $229. It's crazy. Crazy what some of these records are now. It makes me wish I had uh, been going a lot harder a decade or more ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about records. Like, 
You know, just when I thought I was like overdoing it, it seems like I was doing it okay. <laughs> yep, or in my instance, underdoing it as it turns out. But yeah, there's 1,500 press, and this record goes for that much money. Yeah, but it's I don't know. Who knows how many survived? Yeah, you know, it's true. because of the sick of it all connection. Perhaps mm-hmm. there's I don't know. People mm-hmm. are collectors that are hard on that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm curious if under my skin. Like what is there? Is the lineup the same, or did they change the lineup at all? I think there's a lineup. Craig Satari plays in. Yeah, he is. That's right. Wow, what a photo on the back of that LP. Oh, the photo's amazing. The band's dude. photo's incredible. There's definitely a dude wearing like a trench coat for like real. Like a full leather yeah. duster, like a Matrix <laughs> style like leather duster. Yep. And look at Craig Satari wow. wearing like a fucking bucket, or look at uh, I mean uh, Armand wearing a bucket hat. Yeah, oh, I miss band photos like this. To be honest, dude, yeah, it's such an an era. It's such a good era. But yeah, and then like anyway, sick. I gotta hear this LP. I'm more psyched on that '90s LP. I gotta hear that. It's pretty I'm hard. Not ever... Five Golden Rings is a pretty pretty fucking hard song. Nice, but yeah, and of course, Blackout reissued the comp My Rage, which I guess pretty much seems to have everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a seven inch demo. I don't have that either. The demo four. No, no, no. See, I wish I came across. I wish I came across that earlier. Like th- that's the thing. I wish like that should have been something I was able to. Like I have Ron Leash. Like, well, how did I find this? I don't even remember definitely... this being reissued. Like, this must have been really hard to get. Yeah, totally. Ninety four. Mm. Either way, very cool. Yeah, it looks. Like but it. yeah, cool band. Sadly, I'm a zero for whatever on all their stuff, but yeah, very cool band. Yeah, definitely, like, Dave's right, it's a band that's kind of forgotten about, too, in, like, you know, it seems, well, not judging by these prices, but in uh, in general popularity, it seems like they're they're kind of, like, under straight ahead. When people were yeah, he, like, he... The the thing he questions the, the the sorry the question he ponders here is he wonders if they were more of a regional New York only band and perhaps that's why I believe is like as to why they're not as uh, whatever you want to say. Um, say all that shit's like just regional to New York right like the I would think I don't know and like you know. it tends to be. If I had to guess, that tends to be the stuff I like the most. I mean, obviously, like early Agnostic Front aside, which of course they're still going, but I like all those weird little seemingly regional things. Those are tend to be my favorites. But this, I don't know if this speaks to that. But um, the fact that they had that LP makes me think they must have toured a little bit though in '90. I would think they probably would have toured. Yeah, like I would think they, you know, because isn't Road Racer pre-Roadrunner, it was a subsidiary or something in those years? Like, what yeah. was the... Yeah, it's like a Roadrunner thing. Yeah, so like... It's Atlantic Records, right? Them, I don't know, I guess. But for them to get something on there, I would imagine they would have had to do something like that, I would think. Yeah, but. yeah. Oh, they look pretty hard. Maybe they had some issues with the law. <laughs> Dude, that photo is incredible. It looks pretty I, It's so sick. I gotta find this LP. Yeah, it looks so It bumps sick. me out that I don't come across these things like digging. And probably because they're worth money now or whatever and people don't don't find them as easily. But although this LP's not that much not no. worth that much actually. 
No, I wonder That's how distribution cool. was for that stuff though up here. You used to see that around the stores. Yeah, I can't. I can't say I have, but I'm gonna look now for sure. Sick. Yeah, the the uh, the joy of record collecting. It's never over. <laughs> Very true, as we learned tonight. Yes, certainly never over. You still need to get that um, unwritten law seven inch. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know if I need that one, but <laughs> I, one record, I don't know why this just came to mind, but I still don't have this, and it irritates me I still don't have it, which is the DBS Snowball 7-inch, because I believe you have one. Do you not? Uh, it's it's very hard to get. Yes, I did. I did get one. You did get one. A long time ago, my brother gave it to me in a trade, but that is something that I have never seen. Actually, there is something we need to talk about, too. Total sidebar and talking about record collecting now exclusively. You uh, put up recently uh, one of my most sought-after records and one of the like, my favorite things, but you got that Deluxe Folk Implosion 7-inch. Yes, I finally got it. Where? Like, you found that digging, or where? how'd you get found it? Found it digging. Found it in the wild. Um, oh, like in Toronto? No, I found it somewhere when I was away. Where was that? Which trip was that this year? Somewhere must have been. Must have been like uh, Philadelphia or something. Oh, so sick! I'm trying to remember where I got that now. Damn it! Um, but yeah, no, finally got that. You know, that's also we've talked about that on the show. That's one of the ones oh, yeah, Chris, we we brought up. Well, and it's because it's like a fairly not, you know, like it's not worth a ton, which is a crime. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm very happy because I don't own it. So I would hope it will stay not worth much for the time being. But um, it's so like that, at least the the song on the kids soundtrack, it's like incredible. I haven't, I've heard some of the other stuff from the session, which I believe is, I don't know if that seven inch has it all. But I have this other, like other recordings. I don't know if it's like some of it's on the seven inch, some of it isn't. But um, anyway, yeah, that's one of my big sort of like low key wants. But yeah, I was very impressed that you found it. I think they're they're putting out that whole session, right? Like someone I think wrote in to say that to us. Uh, I don't know, something like that vaguely rings a bell, but I don't, I don't know, I don't have. Oh, hold on here, hold on. There's a self title. Oh. I think it's out. 2016, Witch's Pickle Records, Deluxe Folk Implosion, 12-inch. Yeah, that's the whole session that he talked about on that episode. Yeah, nice. This is another one I got to get. Super cool. Um, Yeah, so there we go. We have the answer. Yeah, it did. Apparently they did. But that that 7-inch is still incredible. It's super, like, the fact that Domino put that out, too, is kind of wild to me. Yeah. Domino also put up the first Leatherface, or the first record on Domino's Leatherface. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Domino has that punk connection. But it's just wild. You know, I think this, like, the 7-inch looks so weird, too, it totally does not look like it sounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. Which is a great little, uh, whatever you want to say, like, uh, throw off, if you will, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what? Also, now you've made me do a deep dive on the DBS discography, and they do have a copy. Someone's got a copy <laughs> of Snowball for sale right now, Chris. Yeah, but how much? Forty-four dollars. 
Oh, that's fairly reasonable, actually. I saw it up earlier another time, way more. I think 63. Uh, some dude had it up for a while, and I swear it was like 80 or 100 bucks, and I was just like, what is going on here? You know what store has it but, up right now? Vicious Sloth. Yeah, yeah. The best. The great best store. store. I've never been in person, but I've ordered things in the past online, and I just am always amazed at what they have. But yeah, it's uh, it's such a great store. Like I definitely, me and uh, a mutual friend Wade McNeil did an interview in there one time. Nice. And uh, yeah, luckily for me, Wade Wade had to leave and left behind an XLP that I got to grab. <laughs> nice. <laughs> very happy, crazy. Very happy to find yeah. one. Oh my god! They've got a, uh, they've got vicious sloth. Has got a whole, whole. Uh, well, I knew as soon as you said, "Oh my god!" It's like you just don't, you can't look because then it's no, trouble. You can't look. You now can't you, look. now just gotta, just gotta log off right now, Damien. Log off. Just use all your power. <laughs> log off. Stop searching. Yeah. Okay, turn off. Especially their store because that's trouble. Yeah, but this DBS image, they have that for sale, Chris. They do. Well, I'll contemplate it. But, uh, yeah, I kind of want to find it, though. That's part of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to be I'm due to find this because it's just got to arrive. Or at least, if not find it digging, then, like, somehow some, like, you know, pal who was into Canadian stuff from the 90s just has one sitting around. I'm going to eventually say the right thing to the right person, and then it'll it'll come to me somehow. But. I hope that um, happens yeah. for you, Chris, because I I don't know how many I've ever seen in the world. <laughs> if I ever see one in the wild, I'll totally. for you. Like, I mean, you're probably not the person to ask this question because you have a lot of re- – like, I mean, not, I, I have a lot of records too, but you have a lot of the, you know, like sort of hitter records that I, I want still. But do you have – is it like that record, like the Snowball we're discussing and even that Deluxe Folk Implosion, like – I just have records that I'm too stubborn to actually just go for, mm-hmm. like, and just buy, mm-hmm. partially because I want to keep the hope alive that I'll find them, and it makes it fun when I'm actually digging. But do you still have any that, like, I mean, obviously, you, you know, it never ends, so to speak, oh, yeah. but it never like, ends. do you have any that you intentionally don't, like, records that aren't even that expensive, but you're just like, no, I'm just going to find it? I, I don't buy not any records cool. online. I no, only, not anymore? No, I only buy in stores. Um, wow. Yeah. I only buy in stores. See, that's impressive. Like, I, I haven't bought anything online in a, in a bit, but uh, it's tempting now because it's just such, oh, be, you know, the would, resources. It would never stop. Like, that's the problem. Like, that's why I think I had to put that rule in for myself. Only in stores and only, you know, um, yeah, like, that's that's just kind of the way it is. Only I can only do it in stores because otherwise, as you say, it never ends. It's just like there's just like... At any given time, I could go online right now and find a thousand records that I want. That is true. There yeah. are some stuff, That's... though, that like I would, if it did come up online, I would hard, have a hard time not buying it just because I've never seen it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you're talking pretty next-level stuff, if that's what you're speaking of. The trunk 7-inch? <laughs> okay. Maybe not, but okay. <laughs> I've never seen it. And I want it so badly. Uh, that's that's for those of you who don't know. That's let's just say that references the unwritten law seven inch a little bit or something of that nature. Yeah, I want the <laughs> seven inch. If you have the seven inch, please get in touch. 
Um, I would love to get Yank to release Trunk. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I think I need that. Um, Did not think you were going to pull Trunk out of the hat on that one. That's, that's, <laughs> that's one. That's the one. Because like, also that record, that record's like realistically not worth a lot of money. But because of that, you're never going to see it online. That's exactly. This is, what I guess, what I'm trying to get to the heart of. You you summed it up perfectly, which is there's a wealth of records that are not worth much, so therefore you don't see them in these contexts mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. and therefore you don't encounter them. It's weird. It's weird. It's like they're almost more rare than actual rare records. Yeah, because of the way they're priced out of the game or something. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's like my pocket. I love that zone because, like, especially '90s stuff. Like, I'm all about that. So I guess that's where my sort of hunting – that's what I'm looking for when I'm hunting and I'm digging. But um, yeah, I was just curious if there was any you're intentionally leaving off so that you know, you know, like you want to find it. But yeah, if you're, if you're only buying in store, then there you go. Yeah, well only, done. I can, I can have to hold out. I'm going to have to use my willpower because otherwise I would never stop, Chris. Yeah, that is true. I can attest to that. You know, I'm in Lost Seven Inch was not available online though. No, not at all. No, I don't think anyone's got a copy of that one for sale. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty rare. <laughs> pretty fucking rare, dude. Well, either way, <laughs> glad you bought it. Glad that Amoeba provided that for you. Amoeba, Amoeba came through. Amoeba came through with the. How uh, long were you in Amoeba, by the way? I went back twice because I also didn't bring up that I also bought some flyers there the first time I was there. <laughs> and how long was the duration collectively? Not long. I'd say probably about 45 minutes in total. Oh, wow. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, I got a cool flyer for uh, a Discharge Social Distortion MDC Dicks Code of Honor Decry show. Wow. Yeah. That's a lineup. <laughs> Look at that lineup. You know? Could you imagine those bands playing together in 2018? My God. Imagine the egos and the weirdos. It would be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. And to be honest with you, like there are a couple bands I could take or leave on that flyer. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a couple bands. Ah, fair enough. And the Dicks. Yeah, the Dicks logo is amazing. I don't know if I've is it. It might be a regular Dicks logo that you've seen before, but it's like the hammer and sickle, and then a penis jizzing out an anarchy symbol. Then a C that wraps, it's like the tail of a snake, which wraps around an M16, which makes the K, and then the snake's head is the S. <laughs> yep, they are uh, very creative on the logo on that one, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. Put that on the Instagram right now. There you go. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know what other uh, other points to get to other than our little record collecting bonding we got going on yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else for us to get to, Chris. Um, we I think we got it. It was only a 40-minute episode, so there wasn't uh, – well, there was a bunch to get to, but hopefully you'll have them on again and we can parse Orange 9 Millimeter to death. Yeah. No, I think we'll we'll definitely have him on again because he was, he was a great guest. Like I, I loved how, how, how you know, inspired he was by the questions. <laughs> yes. That's, like what you can hope, that's like all you can hope for when you do an interview. I think it's funny when whenever like people who don't know you really encounter you on that level, yeah, and you kind of you catch them off guard. It's always entertaining for me to hear that as well. It's uh, definitely there's some wins coming up that I think I catch people off guard on. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, but that's it for this week, Chris. I think there's, is there anything else you want to get to? No, I, I'm good. I don't know. Unless you want to talk about anything. I think we, uh, we've nailed it. No, I think that's it for me. Uh, how do they get in touch with us? They can reach us here at turnoutpunkfootnotes <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. We've just been talking for whatever, an hour or something about the kind of things we like. So you know what to send. Please do. And that's it. Yes. Um, that's it. You, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at Left for Damien on various forms of social media. Please subscribe and rate, review this podcast. Tell all your friends. Let them know that you hang out with the nerds hangout. And uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Oh, yeah, and next week, Michael Ian Black on the show. <laughs>